0: Well, thank you, Simon. Good morning, all. My name's Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at Norwest, and it is a real joy to be able to open God's word with us this morning. So let me pray as we do just that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who speaks. We thank you that you're a God who speaks. We thank you that you don't leave us by ourselves to work out who you are or what you've done, but you give us your word. So, Father, we pray that as we come to Colossians chapter 1 this morning, you might fill our hearts with joy, the joy that comes from knowing Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. We pray that you might fill us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, can you remember a time when you felt imprisoned by something? A time when something just had a grip on you that you couldn't break free of. Uh, maybe it was a, a job that you found yourself uh, working at and you weren't just in the office day after day, but evening after evening, and then even when you got home, your, your heart and your mind was still in the office trying to, to meet an ever-increasing deadline or please a boss who kept asking more. Can you remember a time when you felt imprisoned by something? Maybe it's uh, an imprisonment according to an inability that you have. Uh, maybe uh, you're like many people who are my age or around my age. And if you ask people in their 20s in Sydney, what's one of the hardest things in life? They'll say, I can't afford to buy my own house. And it's an imprisonment because there's this uncertainty and there's this lack of knowledge about what the future's going to hold. Now, Lauren and I are renters and very happy renters, so I'm not sticking the burden to the rental market, but rightly or wrongly, many people feel imprisoned by an inability to buy a house in the suburb they want to live in. Can you remember a time when you felt imprisoned by something? Maybe you've managed to buy a house and you're imprisoned by the mortgage. We're all imprisoned. We're all prone to be imprisoned to things. I think it's helpful to think because they tell us two things about the imprisonment or the enslavement that we can experience to the things in this life. Number one, it can take us a while to realise that we're slaves. You know, there's a um there's a, a cafe in the hills that will remain nameless, but when I when I talk to the owner of that cafe and ask how are you going, his mood, his life, is dependent on how the business is going. And so it's I'm going well customers are coming in people are enjoying their lattes things are going well I'm, I'm really good or it's oh well, there's more competition and then the council's being difficult and this is this it's just hard work you know it's just hard work and it's a, it's a bit of a rough patch now he would not use this language but he is imprisoned to that cafe he rides the ups and downs that affects him that's his identity that's who he is he doesn't know it but he's imprisoned. He's a slave to his job. So that's the first thing these things tell us. It can take us a while to realise that we're slaves. Secondly, we don't know how strong the grips of our slavery are until we try to get out. It's when that, uh, that professional who's working 12-hour days uh, regularly and, and decides that it's too much of a toll on his family wants to get out. Now he realises the pain, or he or she realises the pain from trying to break free from something they've worked so hard for. It's when the young person who started renting and sees money disappearing from their bank account to pay off somebody else's house, when they go through that process, that's when they realise this is really strong and I can't get out of this. I'm powerless. It can take us a while to realise we're slaves and we don't know how strong the grips, grips of our slavery are, ...until we try to get out. Why the talk of imprisonment and slavery? Why is there a cell here? Children behave. Today we, we continue our series 180... ...looking at the complete overhaul of life... ...that occurs when we decide to follow Jesus. And we've looked at lost to found... ...we've looked at worldly wisdom to worldly folly... ...which is actually true folly to true wisdom... Today we see that we move from being slaves to being free people as we come to Jesus. It's a glorious transition. To do that, we're in Colossians 1. And I've got the sermon in a sentence for you. So if you're prone to falling asleep, if you think in 10 minutes' time you're going to be battling, if the the summer heat's just been getting to you, you have my permission to fall asleep. But here's your cheat sheet. Here's the sermon in a sentence We were slaves of the night Then made heirs of the light Who've been freed to fight We were slaves of the night Kids even you can remember this We were slaves of the night Then made heirs of the light Who've been freed to fight So we're going to start in our Colossians 1 passage And I want us all to have this in front of us As we open God's word together Because I want to uh, help us see Why we're going to approach it the way we are If you see in verse 9, Paul starts a prayer, or he starts explaining a prayer. He says, Since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, and on he goes. He's telling the Colossians, the people in Colossae, what he's praying for them. And the explanation of that prayer continues from verse 9 through to the end of verse 12. Finishes there, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. That's what he prays. We're going to look at the prayer a bit later. But I want us to see why he prays. I want us to see the reality that Paul is praying in response to. Because there's that prayer, verses 9 to 12, verse 13, for... Or because, Paul prays these things because he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So if we're going to understand Paul's prayer, which we're going to come to a bit later, we need to understand that reality he's praying in response to. Because it's a glorious reality. It's an amazing truth. It's a truth that the church has been responding to in, in prayer and in worship for centuries. Charles Wesley does it in his hymn, And Can It Be? appended in uh, 1738. And in that hymn, in one of those stanzas, he reflects on his life before he came to know Jesus. And he describes it like this. He says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. He's, what he's putting into words is what life is like in the dominion of darkness imprisoned by sin, bound up in nature's night, in the, the ways of this world. And so when we think back to what we were uh, talking about before, that slavery is often, uh, we often don't know that we're slaves. It takes a while to realise. And it's hard to get out of. We don't realise how hard it is to get out of until we try. I think Wesley would agree. Long my imprisoned spirit lay. As he looks back on it, he he just says, that was such a long time. I can't believe it took me so long. When I was a slave of the night. I was there so long. And I was bound in sin and nature's night. He looks back and he says, I didn't, that was so strong, I couldn't break free of that by my own power, by my own strength. So Wesley says that. But others say that. Every Christian says that. I was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was down at um, a church in the south of Sydney, New Year's Day. And I was speaking to a guy who was sitting next to me. He was about my age, mid-twenties. And he uh We got talking and he said he'd been a Christian for about three years. And so I said, tell me about that. What happened three years ago? And he said, well, I'd been running from God and he caught me. Which was just fantastic and I think so helpful because as he looks back on his former life in hindsight, when he was running from God, which he sees clearly now, when he was running from God, he didn't think he was running from God who thought who cares i don't care what god thinks and yet now he can see that he was a slave he was running from god he was caught up in the things of the world and he also knows that it needed he needed god to catch him by his own strength he couldn't come to jesus the grips of his slavery to the things of this world were too strong now, if you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus, welcome. We love having uh, believer, unbeliever, everyone here at Norwest. That langu- language might be a bit confronting. Like Wayne was sharing earlier with uh, this, uh, this lovely, very kind woman down uh, on, on the South Coast, she finds that language, that thought, offensive. And you might be sitting here thinking, that's quite offensive to say I'm a slave of the night, that I'm enslaved to something. I'm free, thank you very much. but just remember we often don't know we're slaves and we don't know how strong the grips of our slavery are until it's exposed to us we were slaves of the night were being the key word past tense we were slaves of the night then made heirs of of the light. Verse thirteen again, for he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We were made heirs of the light. That language comes from Paul's prayer in verse twelve, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. we are in the light if we love jesus we're in the light we're no longer in the dominion of darkness and i don't know about you but sometimes my mind tells me that i should question that do you struggle to have certainty that you belong to jesus is that a hard thing for you? Do you have that internal monologue that says, there's still so much sin in you? Does Jesus really love you? Do you really belong to Jesus? You're doing pretty bad this week as a Christian. How can we be certain that we're no longer in the dominion of darkness? Well, I want to encourage you, don't do that internal monologue. Don't look inside of yourself to be certain that you are saved, look outside of yourself to the promises of Scripture and to the cross. Read Colossians 1:13 and remember, be reminded that He has rescued us, definitive, done, past tense, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Our standing before God is completely removed from our own performance. It's the performance of Christ that matters. Martin Luther was a 16th century reformer. Many of you may know that. He wrote an essay called The Freedom of the Christian. And uh, it's really worth reading. I, for many of us and... for oh, For me, the thought of reading something by a theologian 500 years ago, that sounds very hard work. That sounds really dry. It's a really easy read. It'll take you like half an hour to an hour, absolute maximum. Really worth doing. Reading the uh, Freedom of the Christian. You can find it for free on a Google search. He says this, and this is so sweet. This is something to take home. If you're a listener, listen. If you're a reader, read. But just get this. He says... Who can comprehend the riches of the glory of this grace? Christ, that rich and pious husband, takes as a wife a needy and impious harlot, redeeming her from all her evils and supplying her with all his good things. We see, he's describing the exchange that happens between Christ and us. We're the harlot, supplying her with all his good things. This is so good. It is impossible now that her sins should destroy her since they have been laid upon Christ and swallowed up in him and since she has in her husband Christ a righteousness which she may claim as her own and which she can set up with confidence against all her sins, against death and hell, saying, If I have sinned, my Christ in whom I believe has not sinned. All mine is his and all his is mine. So if you go to that person, if you go to one of us and say, are you saved? All mine is his. All his is mine. I belong to Jesus. I've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. I've been brought into the kingdom of the sun. It's definitive. It's done. It's great. That's the boldness that we get as those who've been brought into the kingdom of the light. Jesus on the cross takes all that is ours, and gives us all that is His. Don't look inside of ourselves for assurance. Look outside of ourselves to Christ and His work on the cross. In uh, Wesley's hymn that we were, uh, I mentioned before, there's a. Uh, a wonderful stanza. We don't often sing this at Norwest, but band on special, on special uh, a favour to us all, we're going to sing this stanza later today, um, when we sing this hymn later. And can it be? One of the stanzas says, this is just a beautiful image. "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design?" This wonderful thing, you know, we, all ours is his, All his is mine, "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine.'" I love that image. Because what it says is that there's one seraph, there's one angel with his trumpet, and he's standing there trying to sound the depths of love divine. He's blowing with all his might to tell the world how good Jesus is, how good it is that all ours can be his and his can be ours. And there's this angel standing there, blowing with all his might. Cheeks red from a lack of oxygen in his lungs. But it's in vain. He can't sound the depths of love divine. All the angels blowing trumpets with all their might. All at once can't sound the depths of love divine. All creation singing in worship to our kin, king can't sound the depths of love divine. It is inexhaustibly deep. It is so good. It is so rich. We were slaves of the night, then made heirs of the light. We were slaves of the night, then made heirs of the light, who've been freed to fight. And this is where we get to Paul's prayer in Colossians 1. You see, it tells us that our understanding of freedom needs to be richer. Our understanding of freedom needs to be richer. We're used to thinking about being freed from things. We're used to, we to thinking about being freed from slavery or we've been freed from a prison cell or we've been freed from something else, something that was uh, taking up our time. We've been freed But New Testament freedom, freedom for the person who's gone 180 degrees, is more than just what we've been freed from, but it's what we've been freed to. You see, there's a misconception of freedom for the Christian life that says, well, now that I've got my get out of hell free card, I can do whatever I want. And that's the kind of attitude that Paul is trying to guard against. He reminds us of the goodness that God God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sun. And he prays a prayer that we might never go back. Wesley tells us that there's something more. That freedom is richer. In that here man can it be. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth and went back to the dominion of darkness. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth and sinned again. I rose, went forth and followed thee we're in a new kingdom we're in the kingdom of the son and Paul's prayer in Colossians 1 shows us what we've been freed for not just what we've been freed from but the life that we're freed to live verse 9 For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. We're to live lives that are fitting with the kingdom of the Son, that are fitting with the kingdom of light. That's what we've been designed to do. That's what we're called to do. And there's four things that Paul specifically prays for after that. So, so verse 10: so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing in every way. One, bearing fruit in every good work. Two, growing in the knowledge of God. Three, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And four, giving joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light these are the things that we have been called to fight for as those who are now heirs of the light we were slaves of the night then made heirs of the light who've been freed to fight and we're to fight with this life what are the four things we fight for bearing fruit in every good work You know, we can serve out of duty or you can serve out of joy. Bearing fruit in every good work isn't just about the good works we do, but it's how we do them and why we do them. So when we bear fruit, as those who've gone 180 and are now in the kingdom of light, we display the fruit of the Spirit when we serve. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. that's how we fight in the Christian life. That's how the kingdom of the light fights its battles through the fruit of the spirit. Secondly, growing in the knowledge of God. Yeah, in this, There's a difference between knowing about something and knowing someone. Think about how a child grows up at home. Yes, as they grow up, they know more facts about mum and dad. They now know what their mum's maiden name is, uh, or was they now know uh, where Dad went to school? They you 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 know, learn more facts as you grow up as a child. But far more significant and far more meaningful is that relational intimacy that a child has. That now they now know how Mum or Dad will respond. They now know who Mum and Dad are. Not just about them, but they know them. There's an innate sense of how they'll be dealt with by mum and dad and that's why we read our Bibles that's why we pray not just to know facts about the God of the universe but to know him to develop that relational intimacy with our heavenly father who is loving and good and kind and has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sun because he's good and he loves us and we can trust him Thirdly, being strengthened so we have endurance and patience. This is probably the hardest of the four. Because if you ask anyone who has endurance and patience, it probably wasn't an easy road to get there. God strengthens us through hardships very often. And maybe... In those hardships, we'll be able to think, well, God is doing good things and this is what he's doing and this is what he's achieving. Maybe we can think like that and that's helpful. Maybe in the middle of being strengthened, all you can do is cling to Jesus. And he'll take care of what he's doing through it all, just cling to Jesus. Don't go back to the dominion of darkness. Finally, giving joyful thanks to the Father. You know, as heirs of light who've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the sun, we always have something to be thankful for. Always. It might be that big picture of the work that God has done in us. It might be that small thing that happens during the day, little moments of mercy. That we can say, oh, that was lucky. Or we can say, God is good and I'll give thanks to him. Why do we do these things? Why do we fight? Why do we bear fruit in every good work, grow in the knowledge of God, being strengthened for endurance and patience? Why do we give joyful thanks to the Father? Because we were slaves to the night, then made heirs of the light, who've been freed from that to fight. It is an enormous privilege to live this life for Jesus. Enormous. The band's about to lead us in, and can it be? And uh, we'll get that chance to join that seraph. Get around him. Give him some more voices to sing God's praises. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that we may live a life that we may live lives worthy of you and please you in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might so that we may have great endurance and patience and giving thanks to you who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of your holy people in the kingdom of light. Amen.